0: Welcome to Business Steps Up, a presentation of Hiali, one of the recognized voices in Long Island business. We'll focus on cutting edge topics important to the Bi-County region and beyond. So sit back, relax, and listen to some of Long Island's most influential business leaders here on Business Steps Up.
1: So good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Hiali Facebook Live. This edition, I have to tell you, I'm delighted to have Scott Maskin who's the CEO of Sanation Energy, a good friend and uh, HIALI board member. And he really helps us um, really strategize at a board level and and brings all his expertise in terms of energy. So Scott, I have to tell you, before we decided to do this, I said, uh, don't know a lot about solar energy other than what I see on rooftop. So I will say that before we start, I looked some things up, and one of the things that I'm going to read is it says that the solar energy industry creates jobs, obviously, and helps the local economy, but that in 2016, jobs in solar in the United States increased nearly 17 times faster than the overall economy, and that growth is is expected to continue. So that's a wow, I think, right?
0: Yeah, and on top of that...
1: Well, thank you for having
0: me today, Terry, and I appreciate any opportunity to bring what I do and how proud I am about my company and my involvement with the HIA, you know, to people. But not only that, I want to dovetail onto that. After COVID, we were the first industry to grow and put people back to work um, <clears throat> after the COVID shutdown, uh, especially on Long Island. New York State has seen a, a real, you know, it's been an employment uh, bliss for training solar installers and not just solar installers, but everybody in the value chain train actually.
1: So why is that? Why do you think uh, the industry was the fastest to come back?
0: You know, I think that timing is everything, right? Like I think that people on Long Island in New York city, we pay some of the highest energy rates in the country. Um, south of uh Hawaii and, you know, and and California were some of the highest rates in the country. And, you know, when you start to look at the bounce back economically and people were hurting financially, you know, controlling your energy costs has always been front and center and is getting even more and more with younger people that are buying homes and and more entrepreneurs going into business, operating costs are front and center, um, you know, to them. So I think that's one of the things. contribute plus our just our energy rates are so high
1: yeah yeah so so tell us how that fits into tell us a little bit about Sunation energy what you guys do there and what you think your competitive edge is so
0: sunnation was founded uh 20 years ago my system was i was the 14th home on long island to have solar so i'm an early adopter but i did it not for green reasons i did it for green reasons. And I remember, you know, I installed the system, I got certified as an electrical contractor and, um, I got a check back from the utility for $42,000 for an outlay of $28,000 in equipment. And I got a 30% tax credit and 5,000 back in the state. And I'm like, um, there might be an industry here. There might be a business here, right? Uh, you know, so right now, you know, over the last 20 years, we've grown sanation to where we just, uh, celebrated some milestones. July twelfth, June 12th was our 20th anniversary in business, which um, the irony of that is that, you know, they say 26% of companies in the United States never see 20 years, right? Like only 26% of companies make 20 years. If you could pass 20 years, the likelihood that you're going to see 50 is off the charts. So we're proud of that. Um, we've done, uh, we've now installed 100 megawatts, of solar in the five boroughs in Long Island. And the claim to fame is that, you know, we're a 170 person company that makes an economic impact of about $20 million annually for the ratepayers of Long Island. And that's $20 million that can be reinvested in, in the local restaurants, dance class, judo class, um, tuition, whatever. Uh, and that's really kind of what drives the company. Um, so 170 people were located in Ronkonkoma, And we just opened in Tampa, Florida as well.
1: Great. Congratulations. Yeah. Kudos for, you know, the stats that also talk about the first year of a company's life, right? If you can get some of those milestones and humps.
0: Crazy. And November 9th,
1: November 9th,
0: we merged with a publicly traded company uh, called Pineapple Energy. um, And I'm also on the board of directors. And we really strategically did that so that, Um, This company can be here. You know, we put we boast a 25 year product and that lasts 35 years and and whatnot. And we did that primarily so that the employees of Sun Nation are all my partners now. They were gifted shares in the company. And so that this this can roll forward and we can we can back up what we say for many years, even after I'm uh, gone, because I will not be a 100 year old guy sitting behind this desk. I can promise you that.
1: I mean, listen, you've heard us talk before about running a business is not for the faint of heart, right? We know that. Uh, Particularly as we went through COVID and many of the things that we've gone through. So kudos to you. Um, You know, you, you probably are one of the most high energy people that I know. So I know you put that in your business, which is great. So talk to us about solar in general. For those people who know nothing about a solar panel or nothing about what are the, start with the advantages, what are the advantages to solar?
0: So really, you know, solar is a pretty simple concept of converting sunlight into power. I won't go into the weeds about the electronics. It's not relevant, but what we've seen is now the 70,000 installations on Long Island alone, right? Between commercial and and residential. And you, you don't drive down a street that doesn't have it, right? Like people see it now. Um, so listen, ultimately it, it, it saves money. As a matter of fact, you can't, we can't sell a product that doesn't, um, at least give 10 to 20% savings to the homeowner or business owner. Um, uh, you know, very different reasons why people, you know, over the last 20 years have done it, but you know, some people do it for energy reasons and CO2 and responsibility, right? You know, corporate responsibility, but ultimately it boils down to a thousand cents decision and it is it is a fact that when solar goes on a home, that home saves money, its operating costs are less, and it sells faster and for a higher dollar. With businesses, it offsets, you know, their operating costs, line item operating costs. And there's so many different ways to deploy on commercial businesses, you know, for people that are owner-occupied buildings. Some people just have shopping centers and they want, you know, they lease out the roofs. There's so many different, but it's really primarily an economic advantage Right. Um, and we could show it, you know, at any given time, or we just won't do it. You know, there are a lot of bad applications too, right. that can't have
1: it. Right. So what do you say then to the minimal naysayers that might say, well, I can't necessarily mm-hmm. shell that money out up front. I know that's an objection we've talked about. That's yeah. an objection you guys get. So how do you handle that?
0: So every, you know, from a residential standpoint, 99% of what we do is financed. Uh, mm-hmm. There are many third party people that have solar programs um, it used to be the most cost effective way it was to tap your equity line of credit. Um, but, you know, there are no upfront costs. You know, if you, if you want to leverage things, there's a lot of different products up there, but ultimately it still has to pencil out to a savings. Um, the nice thing is, is that you're still connected to the grid there are still some charges to be connected to the grid, but you know, the goal in residential world is to get you to a zero, meaning the solar produces everything that you need for the year, and you just have to pay the connection charge. And, you know, the naysayers, you know, three years from now, those naysayers just go, boy, I wish I did it then. Right. And that's what I see after 20 years. What's the number one thing? Well, we kicked it around, we kicked the can down the road. Now we're ready. Great. Is it still, yes, it's the best time to go solar. Energy rates are going up. Uh, We could touch, you know, on the the new LIPA rates that are hitting the residential. For commercial people, you know, they have to make a decision, um, you know, is do they want to control their energy costs, right? You know, are we as cost-effective for for the revenue dollars? Are we cost-effective as opposed to investing in a new piece of machinery or, or a new this? But ultimately the operating costs of the building weigh heavy on, on, you know, the entrepreneur or whoever's owning the building and we can mitigate that.
1: Yeah. And you know, it, it, as you say that about businesses in general, it makes perfect sense, right? Because as business owners and CEOs, it's our obligation, right. And our responsibility to constantly look at how do we cut our expenses and do the right thing, right. And cut our expenses and, do the right thing for the environment and and the many other things that solar can bring. So that's a great point. Um,
0: now, you know, now with the, 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 investment recovery act that was just passed uh, and, and again, solar, I got to tell you solar and storage, because I want to combine those two because that's really a hot the topic of discussion is it's um, it's a bipartisan, you know, everybody's in for it, right? Like, and I'm not saying that solar is going to eliminate fossil fuel or this and that. I think that's naive. think that or that wind power is not important it's that we're just part of the solution but we're a really viable part and there are you know just in the hia alone this 480 building is 20 million square feet of roof space okay i could power a good chunk of long island okay with those 20 million feet if i could get all those buildings to to go solar right Um, so it's a bipartisan (laughs) thing
1: is what you're referring to right now, you know, you were one of the first, you were the first who really progressively looked with Long Island CARES and said, you know, why don't we look at some sort of community solar type of um, project? Is that what you're referring to right now?
0: Yeah, well, with the Investment Recovery Act, okay, you know, they're propelling manufacturing of solar. There's an adder. They raise the state, the, the federal tax credit from 22% to 30% which helps helps in the ROI uh, you know of of the discussion. But more importantly than that, they've they've earmarked additional percentages towards low or moderate income off takers to sovereign nations like the Shinnecock, um to um and there's a, another huge component to bring manufacturing to the United States, right? Like I, I you know I've I, I care to say that, you know, I probably, I've probably generated three quarters of a billion dollars in revenue or close to a billion dollars in revenue. And of that, I I, I don't think that I've spent two percent of that on product that was manufactured, you know, in the United States. And that's sad. Like we missed the boat big time.
1: So I was going to ask that question. Right. So how much of, of the panels in particular or any equipment that needs to be used, how much of it is manufactured in the United States? So you're saying very little of it. So what do we need to do? (laughs) <laughs> we need to do in New York state and Long Island to potentially make that happen or, or better incentivize people to well, make.
0: So, you know, we've already, we've already established the need right now. It's a being about producing products that are cost competitive, very difficult when, you know, most of my stuff might come from, um, you know, I'm buying a bunch of stuff from France right now, but mm-hmm. traditionally it comes from the far East. I don't buy, my stuff doesn't come from China. I'm not tariff impacted, but um, Malaysia, Vietnam, Korea, South Korea, you know, these are all areas that manufacture heavily, right? And um, they've they've mastered the market. So there are a couple, you know, I had a couple of customers that were devout um, veterans and they said, if it's not made in America, I don't want it on my home. And we really, he paid extra. He paid a 40% premium to have American-made product. Um, It was, you know, it's just not readily available. So what do we have to do? The government is now working out and we should have, you know, we should have guidance in the next six months, real guidance, right? Like you could put out a headline, hey, we're going to give 10%, but how does it like, you know, they've also incentivized nonprofits who don't pay into the tax system and they can actually get a direct 30% check back, Okay. Um, that's unheard of. Like that's new. But what we don't know is how. Like, right. what's the process? So I can't go to a Long Island cares who wants to add on to a system or an Island Harvest or somebody like that and say this is what it it, it should be. But I can't promise you. Don't make your decision based on that. Make your decision on the fact that this solar is going to offset your line item. The rest will be gravy, right. if, if and when it comes. So. But it looks like it's gonna come and that's gonna be awesome. So you gotta, listen, you gotta stimulate manufacturing. There was a company called Solyndra back in the Obama days and he got roasted for a $400 million investment in, in a company called Cylindra that had this new technology. And it, really in honesty, a $400 million guaranteed loan is, it's it's a rounding error. It's such a small investment in a technology. The Problem is most of these other countries Right, we'll throw money at manufacturing and innovation,
1: right? we just don't. But well, you know what? I, I agree with you. It's critical, particularly if you look at the Long Island Innovation Park that you spoke about. That has so many manufacturers, and many of them are extremely innovative, right? So one of them right now just opened a testing lab for cannabis, and I mean, they're very open to doing other things that really are not directly related to many of the. Right that they manufacture right now. So I think it's a great opportunity.
0: But uh, the core competency like of our park, right, is like, and Long Island, we put men on the moon. Right, We're defense contractors. We can build anything. We have the technology to build anything. So why have we not, you know, when the need is clearly, maybe 20 years ago, was, hey, is solar really gonna take off? Now, you know, the, the other sad part is wind, right? Like, you know, you know all the wind stuff that, that's gonna happen off the island those components are coming from overseas, right? right? The only thing that to my knowledge, that's going to be built here in New York is the concrete base. The dumbest part of the window. Right. It's coming from upstate New York. Right. Right. Where's the electronics, you know, yeah. where's the blades, where's the
1: fabrication.
0: So, right. Right. but, it, it, and we should have a stake in that our park should, we deserve a stake in that.
1: I, I agree. I agree. So hopefully we get, a lot more clarity about it. I agree with you. It's not just a headline. We need to understand and bring it to them and say, okay, here's your first step. Here's your second step. Right. You get there. So but I'm- it's,
0: you know, the one thing, the difference is, and why I keep coming back to storage. Storage is an emerging market. You know, like Tesla's done a really good job of building storage on homes and even their megapacks. You know, solar panel manufacturing is commoditized at this point. It's right. electronics that are really critical, right? So, What we should be doing is investing in, you know, in the park, in the storage side of the renewables, right? Because that's really what's going to make a major impact over the next 10 and 20 years.
1: So when you use that term storage for the layperson, and I'm going to really show my ignorance, I'm sure, I think of battery storage, right? So essentially thinking of, but describe to us what you mean in the renewable area, what storage means.
0: So, you know, one of the things that renewables suck at, right? It's like, so solar's great until it gets dark right. or until it snows, right? Like, or it's cloudy. Right. And then it doesn't. So you still need grid dependence. Right. Wind is great until it stops blowing. So you still, but if you can use those two devices and you take that power and you store it somewhere in a battery, okay, and deploy it. When it's worth the most, like LIPA just um, produced their residential time of day rate code. I sat on the committee. So, you know, right now, just a a quick version of it is right now in your your home, you flip the switch on, it's 24 cents a kilowatt hour. If it's two in the morning, it's 24 cents a kilowatt hour. Well, in 2024, if you flip that switch on between three and 7 p.m., it's going to be 36 cents because the value of power is so much more right they have to provide all this power in this antiquated grid but they have to provide this power and you know they have to go to the market they're required to have six gigawatts of standby power whether we need it or not right so they have to enter the contracts to buy that whether they use it or not so with, with storage in diversified communities like homes right like there's a one there's a million homes on long island if they had a battery that was charged up during the day at $0.20 and $0.22, cents. and then that power was deployed into the home from 3 to 7 p.m. Well, now there's a return on investment, and it helps the grid. So that's kind of like the, the idea and why storage, you see a lot of utility-scale storage that is happening on the east end. Um, storage is the key component that makes renewable energy viable when it's not active. So that's how? missing link.
1: How does that relate to how it's working right now? So you put solar on a home, and it's it's not sunny out, or it's cold. How, how does that work? It's the, the solar is not turning your meter backwards. Um,
0: you're you're relying on grid grid dependence right. for that time. You know, in in and we'll follow the curve. Like we're four years behind Hawaii. Okay, in Hawaii, you can't deploy solar without storage. They don't have any fossil fuel burning things, everything is renewable. So they have to have storage. But the bouncing ball goes from Hawaii to California, down the southern states to Texas, Florida, and then up the East Coast. So we're four years behind that curve, which is a great place to be because they've proven out the systems. They have the, the software and stuff like that. So, but again, to have that, you know, to have that stored power even now, like with so many people working remotely from home, to have that reliability that, yeah. hey, I, you know, I have customers on Fire Island. They lose power, you know, twice a month, right? They could be in the middle of a big deal. So they right. need that kind of thing. Um, you know, even through PPP, you know, we, we talked about some of our colleagues and stuff like that, how everybody is working from home. With that
1: reliable bar- backup power, business stops, right? right? Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you've helped us out, I think a lot in this area, really better understanding where I think our heart at the HIA lies, which is, uh, workforce development and, you know, looking at workforce and really not only understanding what you need now, but understanding what you need in the future. And, um, I think it's so exciting that between you and Ed Bonahue that you've created almost, I call it a solar academy. I don't know what you call it, the ability to be able to really pump out installers and people that you need and technical guys and gals and things like that, because it's a marriage made in heaven, quite frankly, right? So talk to us about that, how it began, what it looks like now and what the volume looks like. I know you've had, yeah, it's,
0: it's a beautiful marriage because as somebody with three weeks of community college that built, you know, a pretty successful business. And my 83 year old mother got to watch her son ring the bell at NASDAQ, you know, with three weeks of community college and say, you know, it could be done, right. Um, it's a great marriage because these are the kids that are the, the ones that they're not the doctors, they're not the lawyers. These these are the kids that are the backbone of the Long Island workforce, right. And they're all centered in this in this one place. So, you know, I went to Ed and through the through the magic of collaboration with the HIA LI, you know, I said, you know, I'm tired of hearing this. Nobody wants to work out there. And there's literally hundreds of millions of dollars right. in grant money and stuff that comes down for every workforce development training, right? The problem is that those the, that money is expended to people that may or may not be suitable for the industry, right? So we developed the thing, I said, listen, I'm the farmer, you're the farm, let's plant some seeds, right? And, okay. and we put a program together, really grassroots certification program. Um, and the difference with this one was that it had A, an externship, meaning that everybody that enters the class, um, you know, they get basic safety training, tool training, understanding of solar and what we're doing. But more importantly, in that six week class, twice they come out and work side by side with my installers on a real job and go up a real ladder on a real house, right? And yeah. if the knees are knocking, this is not the job for you. Right. right? It doesn't mean you can't be a cadre or a CAD drawer designer, but you know, this is an installation class. We're gonna advance it to other levels of sales and marketing and and, and technology side and the service side. But for the installers, they get and they're it's a paid externship. I pay them to come out there and see. And now you know after six weeks, do I wanna pursue this? The other part of it that's so cool about it is if you complete the class, you're getting an interview here, okay? And if you don't hear there's a bunch of other people that you can interview with and stuff like that. So we've completed two classes already. I think we've had a total of 24 students, 18 completed it. I think we've hired 11 here. And I think seven are still gainfully employed. So in just a few classes, right? Like I plug two crews worth of people. And to me, my guys are not on LinkedIn, right? Like this is, you're going, you're going to the source, you're giving them options and you're building and seeing if they're right before they invest four years of college to go. I really don't like being an accountant. I really don't want to do this. Right. Um. So it's been a fabulous success without taxpayer dollars, okay, right. um, being dumped into you know things that aren't right. So I'm super and proud you know, of
1: that. What you did, seriously, brilliantly, is you created your own talent pipeline. Right when you think about it, right. Um, you said there's a need. Ed said we want to help. And, you know, people sometimes look at situations like that, particularly our members, and they think that's so difficult. Not to say it didn't take time and work and, you know, and energy, but but it can be done. It really can be done. So kudos to you.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what it, it, it happened because it was, it, you know, I always say in business, everybody has to win. Right. My right. customers have to win. I have to win suppliers. Everybody has to win with this. The student has to win. The school has to win. I have to win. It's got to be good for everybody. And without the leadership of Ed and his team, without your interaction, without my, you know, listen, I have one of my guys that have been with me for 16 years teaching that class that used right. to, that his father taught at BOCES. And they're getting real, real face-to-face, you know, stuff. So, but it, it takes a village That's- to invest and make something work. It doesn't just happen.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So talking about taking a village, I'm going to go back to H-I-A-L-I to bring us home. Um, You know, we we started up many, many, many years ago through our original founder and good friend of both of ours, Jack Kolka, an energy utilities and infrastructure committee. And back then his vision was really to help really lay people and our members really understand the true value of what infrastructure, me- infrastructure means or you know why are utilities so important when you're building something? What does energy have to do with our ability to really build a business? And um, it's been really successful. So now you and Mike Volz from PSCG Li are, are really helping us follow that through. So talk a little bit about what you think the mission of the committee is and the energy conference in particular.
0: Yeah, so, so, and I appreciate that. Um, Jack was, you know, Jack was a mentor and he was also somebody that saw the value. Every building he built, you know, in, in the last 10 years, you know, it was, okay, well, let's talk about your electrical needs. Let's talk about your plumbing needs. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about your solar needs. Like it wasn't an afterthought. It was part of the building envelope. Right. Um, front and center right so he believed in it and thankfully he believed in me um so i believe that the committee has an obligation to sort of bring emerging technologies but to loop the the members together give them a platform to say hey i'm in this business and i really think this helps the it's it's more than just the park and you know roadways and sewers and streetlights and stuff like that it's it's a way to connect and add value to everybody and let them know emerging technologies, who's doing what? I learned I got to tell you something. I learned in every conf, you know, every time we do a conference, every time we do a meeting, there's some speaker that I'm like, "What do you mean I don't have real 5G on my phone?" Like, how did that happen? Like it says 5G on my phone. This is BS. Right. Um, but it, you know the people that are engaged, I'll say, say it like anything else. You know, when when I started working with you, Terry, um, and the HIALI, um, you get out of it what you put into it. If you expect value, you have to deliver value, right? And and you have to be engaged and be front and center. You're not just going to generate business by you know being a member. You have okay. to be part of it, and and I think that's important. From the committee standpoint, we need to bring compelling data, compelling information about what's going to happen to the park. Um, I think we need to be more front and center when people are entertaining a new building in the park, right? Mm-hmm. Or doing a new modification in the park. We should be part of that discussion. Sometimes we don't have the opportunity to right. be there. And I think that we, we could do it. We could do a better job of that, and and making sure that our members and the, and the amazing things that they do have some input or can offer some of those things to these people. You know, I look at like the park itself and we've done leaps and bounds from just defense manufacturing to bio and pharmaceutical and technology and stuff. And that's why I'm so pissed that you know the storage component, right? There's so much more to do. Um I think that the you know we, we always talk about sewers, and, you know, and, and the park needs sewer you know to grow and the whole island needs sewer, right? But Energy and proper substation and proper service to these buildings. Right. Thank God we've done what we've done with energy efficiency through renewables and LED lighting and stuff. Because if we hadn't the the circuits that feed the park, there'd be no growth in the park. There just simply wouldn't be enough power available. Right. Right. You know, so those are the things that's the compelling stuff. And I'm so tickled to be, you know, in in sort of the driver's seat. Of, of of bringing that information to the members.
1: Well, listen, we're fortunate to have you in that seat. I'm a firm believer that you build it and they will come. I mean, I think that our organization, um, because we surround ourselves with people like you and Kevin O'Connor and Rich and Joe and, and all of you just um, bring such a depth to what we do. And um, we've proven it before. You build it, you get people excited about it and they will come. So I think we have a a really, really rosy future, genuinely. Yeah. What do you want to leave us with? Um, Thoughts about solar? And let me just, before you answer, you know, we're very tied to really continuing to watch the goals of the governor and, you know, the 70% renewable energy by 2030. And even the mayor of New York City just came out and said 100% by 2040. Tie whatever you're going to leave us with to. How optimistic you are about that and how we can get that happening.
0: I think that like like all things that have happened in the last 20 years of my tenure in this industry, um, the government puts out a lot of headlines and lets us be the mules to tow the freight. You know, companies like mine to tow the freight. Um, They typically roll it out before it's ready to roll out, before it's got proper funding, proper guidance and, and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're, we're so we're looking at like a, a situation where there's absolutely no, whoops, there's absolutely no storage right now in, in New York City, right? And you would think, how is that possible? And that's because the FDNY has been stopped. So you could park your Tesla in your garage under your house, but you can't put up battery storage for a solar array. Like, so the government and the government agencies have to start clearing the path from you know, AHJs, not take away their their authority, but say, hey, listen, you really kind of got to get with it, man. Figure this out because we have God knows how many municipalities we have to deal with. So, so I believe that the, the future is super rosy for my industry. I think that we have, you know, we call this the solar coaster. Like, you know, you say I have energy. I don't have a choice because I'm always going great, shitty, great, shitty, you know, um, you know, they say in five minutes time when you're in the solar business, you in, in any five minutes you'll have the highest highs and the lowest lows, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that we're, we're past, you know, the early adopters now of solar service. People see the benefits. There's a lot of investment in it. Really, Wall Street has to catch up and make it cost effective. You know, to me, utility rate, when utility rates go up, my business goes up. If utility rates stay, and I get it that we have a private utility, we're unique like that. We just need stability and and people get comfortable. Right now, people are very uncomfortable because of interest rates and Wall Street and looming recession and all that stuff. We need to kind of shed all that nonsense and realize that what we do is important. You know, when, when a real estate agent is selling a house that has solar on it now, They take the candle that smells like apple pie and they throw it in the garbage and they put a $13 electric bill on on the counter and go, here, this house is $3,500. This house is $300. Which one are you going to buy? Shoes. Yeah. So listen, and I'm at the helm for a long time. I love what I do. I love my island. And again, tying it back to the $20 million that we save our neighbors and our friends and the philanthropic stuff we're able to do through the company and, you know, our programs for veterans and, and differently able folks, you know, this is all that long Island is really based on. Right. And the HIALI is just full of people that ultimately we're all super entrepreneurs and, and we build businesses and we create jobs and we create revenue and tax dollars and help us help you. Right.
1: And we're lucky to have genuinely Scott. I mean, not only, do I adore you as a friend? But we're lucky to have you on Long Island really churning away and doing some of the things you're doing in your in your company. So how do people get in touch with you? Website, okay. phone mm-hmm. number, or how does somebody get in touch with you watching and listening if they're interested? Anybody that is on this Facebook Live,
0: smaskin at com is my email. I'd love to talk to every one of you. But you know, sunnation.com you know, we're on the website, you know. Jenellas, my Scott Maskin, just friend requests me, man. I do a lot of I do a lot of this on Facebook, um, and I love it. Like I'm on all the moms groups and the dads groups, and I'm like the guru of hey, thinking about this. What do you know? Um yeah. and you know I always you are
1: accessible I always, is what you're saying. You're accessible. Yeah. I love
0: what I, listen, I'll be why you know I'm watching TV and I'm on my phone, and my wife's like, turn off the phone. But, you know, and, and listen, the HIA LI and its success and all the people, remember some, the Riches and the Kevins and all of us, we're here because of you. Because if we didn't have solid leadership at the HIA, we have plenty other things to do with our time. We see the value in, you know, if if the economic heartbeat, that's what I call the park, right? If If the economy slows down on Long Island and if we're the heart of Long Island, if right. we slow down... Everything else stalls. Philanthropy stalls. Everything stops. So that's why we're here. And that's why your job is so important also.
1: Thank you. That's, that's a very sweet way to end on this nice weekend. So I say, I bid everybody adieu. Thank you again for joining us on this uh, edition of uh H-I-A-L-I Facebook Live. And have a wonderful weekend. Love you. Thanks.
0: Business Steps Up is a production of HIA-LI, one of the recognized voices for business on Long Island, and a powerful voice and economic engine for regional development. Check back for more interesting, thought-provoking episodes with some of Long Island's most influential business leaders. For more information, call us at 631-543-5355 or log on to HIA-LI.org.